Welcome to the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at vkcwest.com. We're starting a new series today called Follow. And so the whole idea is, is that um, trying to figure out like what it means to follow Jesus. Because if you're brand new to following Jesus and maybe you're just checking out Jesus, uh, then th- this is a really good time to enter in because you're, you're looking at, okay, what, is, what does this mean to be a Christian? And uh, if you've been maybe a person of faith for a long time, it, it's good for you too, because it seems like there's a gap between like, I believe in Jesus, I'm a Christian, but what do I do with this faith today? Like, I, I believe you're like, there's no problem with belief here, but you're kind of like, there's kind of a disconnect between how does my faith actually walk itself out in my life? And so that's what we're looking at in the next six weeks. We'll take a break for Mother's Day. Uh, we actually have, we have a guest speaker coming, uh, a friend, Season Tingler, um, uh, local vineyard pastor. She's going to come for Mother's Day. And we're also going to have... Um, uh, shaved ice right afterwards. So Tracy's shaved ice. If you've had that before, it's going to be good. But as far as following Jesus, um, we're going to walk through, you know, some different things that he shared with his disciples. Um, because, because to be a Christian ultimately means to put your faith in Jesus for your salvation uh, and then uh, to follow him, to, to walk after him. Um, and, and, a lot of times what happens is because as I've observed the church, I didn't grow up in the church, but as I've observed the church and, and it's been my profession as a pastor too, I see people connected to movements or I see people connected to churches or I see people connected to leaders, but then it's kind of like there's a disconnect. They're not connected to Jesus. And that's okay for a period of time because a lot of times you need to belong before you believe. In other words, you're kind of like, hey, I like this person or I like these people, uh, but uh, I'm getting to know Jesus. But the goal is for the church is for people to follow Jesus. It's for absolutely every person to be able to say, I know that I know that I know that my life is about following this person of Jesus. So today we're actually going to start um, we're going to start by looking at just defining that. What does it mean to follow Jesus? And then we'll go into some other things that he taught. But we have a theme verse for the series, and uh, it's this, John 12, 26. It says, anyone who wants to be my disciple must follow me. There you go. Jesus makes it real simple. Anyone that wants to be my disciple or my student must follow me. Uh, and because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. So this is a big reason why we're doing this series where it says that the father will honor anyone that serves him. It it, it talks about like um, value and worth. And the idea is, is that I think is that as you follow Jesus, you find out your worth and your value because you know, like what I said earlier, you know that you're special and not like a participation trophy type special. That's not what I'm talking about. But like God made you for a purpose. He made you for a specific idea and he created you as a unique part of his creation. But we have this longing to have our value redeemed and for, for, to find out who we are. And we find that in Jesus. 
The father looks at it and he says, yes, in Jesus, they'll not only realize their value, but they'll be the value that they're made to be to everyone else. And so, so that's what, that's what we're looking at in this series. Um, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew 4, 18 through 22 or a Bible app. That's where we're going to camp out today. So, um, when it comes to following at the age of 15, I gave my life to Jesus. So I got saved. And I remember the first, uh, if you've ever gotten a track, you know, like, uh, you know, somebody gives you something and it talks about Jesus. The first one that I ever got was, was about 15, 14, 15. And I, um, I lived on the central coast of California. And so I was at uh, a university. My dad was a uh, MBA student at Cal Poly um, San Luis Obispo. And uh, they, uh, yeah, we have a graduate here. Um, and, and so uh this person handed this to me and it was this like square track and it was Jesus surfing. Right. And I was a surfer. So I'm like, this is so cool. And you open it up and it says, yes, Jesus is the King of the waves. And, and I was just, I was intrigued. I was intrigued. Like all of a sudden, uh, religion became more tangible. And I read the track about Jesus. And, and shortly after I gave my life to Jesus at a, at a vineyard church there, but, but I'm also a follower of all sorts of other things. Uh, like I have all sorts of other movements and people that I follow and I learn from. Uh, one is that since 2018, I've been a follower of grass pad. You guys know grass pad? Uh, very shortly after moving here, I became a part of uncle's, uh, idiot proof, uh, grass plan, uh, because I was sitting there, uh, and I did a, uh, like a video for an event we were doing in my backyard. And one of my neighbors says, dude, if you're going to promote the church, you need to fix your grass. And so, cause my grass was like all Brown. And, and so I felt like my neighbors and I, I, I all of a sudden I looked, I'm like, Oh, everybody's grass is really nice and green and, and, you know, taken care of. And, and I said, Oh, I'm in a different element here. Just cause in Southern California, it's a desert. I mean, you have lawns, but it, it'll cost you everything to keep it going. And, and so, um, I, I felt like my, my male neighbors were going to take my man card away unless I did something. <laughs> so I said, I said, how do I get that? And they said, they said, well, you know, go to grass pad. So, uh, this, uh, couple days ago, I'm doing, I'm on step two. Uh, and it's just put down the weed kill stuff. And, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, you, you put it down and you wait for the rain and, and I pour it into the spreader and everything. And I look and it says, no, put down, you know, don't water for 48 hours. Don't, you know, mow it. And I'm like, Oh, I'm, I almost proved him wrong that it wasn't idiot proof. Um, but it's, it's only if you follow the directions, right? It, it's idiot proof. As long as you do what they say. And you have people that you follow, you have uh, recipes that you follow, you have uh, instructions for things that you put together and you follow those instructions. And, and, you know, if you, if you read them, it, it comes out the way it's supposed to. And so we all have those in our lives. Uh, and what happens is we look at different uh, instructions and people and things that we follow that becomes like our body of knowledge that we live off of. Uh, right. We make decisions based upon our diet and our exercise. And we listen to experts in our lives. We uh, learn about mental health. Uh, if we're struggling, we may go to a counselor. Let's say if our, uh, our marriage is struggling, we may go to a counselor and say, hey, uh, will you help us? And, and, and now you follow that advice that they give you um, during the pandemic. 
right? I mean, you remember a little over a year ago, it's just like, now what is this thing? And you know, everybody's looking up information. No, it's not a big deal. It's a big deal. And, and, and there's varying levels of that still today. Uh, states are different the way state governments have followed it and, and different politicians have different ideas. It's all over the place and everybody's following all this kind of different ideas, which is why I just say we need to have a lot of grace for each other, right? Uh, in this time. Uh, but we search for meaning. We, we search for something that becomes what we live off of because what we live off of becomes our destiny. It's like really who we become. And uh, we want clarity in our lives. And I want to say this, if you follow Jesus, you will have clarity in your life. So if you were in a fog today, if, if you're like, what do I do? What is the meaning of my life? Who do I want to be? Why am I here? What is going on? I need more. There has to be more to this whole thing. Follow Jesus Christ. You will get clarity. He will straighten out your crooked line. Your life won't be straight because it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't work that way. But he will straighten things out as you connect to him. You will find clarity as you follow Jesus Christ for whatever ails you today. So the prayer may be for this series and today, Lord, show me a practical way to live out my faith in my life. Like, don't let me just do something on Sunday or at a group or, or at home, but and don't let me just check in with you. But then the rest of my life is, is something else. Like, show me how to like integrate you, God, into my entire life. And so that's what we want to do. So let's read Matthew chapter four, verse 18, uh, starting there. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon also called uh, Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. So this was not the first time that Jesus actually um, interacted with these guys. Uh, you can, there's some verses on your outline there that show a couple of the other instances that he interacted with these guys. But this was when he called them to follow him. This was, this was the moment where they became his first disciples and they follow on their own volition, their own choice. It wasn't a command. Like, you know, like you, we watch Star Wars and stuff and you see the Jedi say, follow me, you must, right? It's, it's not that kind of thing. He was calling them, follow me. You know, in other words, would you like to? I'm opening myself up to you. Do you want to come? Do you want to come along? Hey, I'm rabbi and students when it came to Jesus. Because Jesus was different than the other rabbis because rabbis would call them to follow them, but the rabbis would point them to Yahweh. The rabbi would point them to follow God. In other words, they would have them follow them, get to know them, learn of them so that they would follow God. Jesus, on the other hand, he didn't do that. He actually called them to follow him. And he pointed to himself versus pointing to God. Now you say, wait a minute. Yes, he did point to the father. But what did he say? He said in John chapter 14, verse six, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one shall come to the father except through me. He talked in John 10. He said, he says, he says that I am the sheep for the gate. I am the good shepherd, you know? And so he kept pointing to him that he was the way to God. No other rabbis would do that because it would be complete blasphemy because in doing that, he was claiming that he was the Messiah and that he was God himself in the flesh, God's son. And so this was a big deal, totally different than everybody else. So rabbis and their disciples were interesting because it all started at a young age, like the farm team for, for rabbis was this, is uh, at the age of five, all Jewish boys would go into school. And by the age of 10, the majority would have the Torah. The, uh, they would have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They would have all of that memorized. Are you feeling inadequate? <laughs> by the age of 10, the majority would have it memorized. And uh, that's pretty impressive. Now, but don't feel bad because they were an oral culture. And so uh, it, these stories they had heard since as, as soon as, like maybe you're, uh, your parents read to you when you were little, or maybe you read to your children, your grandchildren, and it just helps so much. Uh, you know, they, they called, got called to be um, a follower of a rabbi. Um, by the age of 30, they then could be a rabbi themselves, but you were still the best of the best. And so you may be thinking, uh, Jesus, he started his ministry at 30. So Jesus was a rabbi. Uh, now, we don't necessarily know there's ideas, you know, who did Jesus study under or who, you know, that route, we don't, we don't totally know. But uh, what we do know, if, if, if you're following along, is that uh, these first disciples of Jesus, what were they doing? They were with their fathers. So they were average students. They were average or maybe below average. They, they weren't the best of the best. And rabbis were always defined by the quality of their students. And so again, Jesus is different because if you were a rabbi, like the, the, the term was, is you were to be covered in the dust of your rabbi. And so you were supposed to work with them and be with them and learn with them and walk with them. You were just always with them so that if you, they were walking on these trails, you would be so close to them that the dust that came up from their feet would cover you. That's what you're supposed to do as, as, a, as a student of a rabbi. Always be with him. Um, so the first jobs or the, first, the, the four jobs of a first century disciple were this. Memorize their teacher's words. Okay, so, um, you know, what, they had certain phrases that they do. Like if you've had a mentor or a coach, like, right, like my football coaches use a term, keep your head on a swivel, you know, right? Good thing. If you've ever played football, it's a good thing, which is like, keep what's going on around you or you're going to get knocked over. And I, I learned that. I remember as a junior, we played this team and they won every, uh, every CIF championship for years, Rancho Buena Vista High School. And, um, um, the manager for the Dodgers, world champion Dodgers, uh, he was the quarterback um, and during that time. And, and, and I remember I came through, I was a defensive lineman. I came through this hole and that's why they told me, keep your head on a swivel is, is I came through this hole and I'm like, yes, the running back's coming here. I'm going to get him. But there was a pulling guard. I still remember number 55, big Samoan guy. And he just, he, he carried the, you know, the kitchen sink and the refrigerator and everything with him. And I just got what they call ear hold. 
So keep your head on a swivel. Like that's a term that I got from one of my teachers, my mentors. So if you were a student of a rabbi, you memorize their words, uh, learn their teachers' traditions and interpretations. That's one thing that Jesus did, right? Jesus said, you say this about this, but I say this, right? They had all these different applications and interpretations of scripture. Jesus changed those and say, Hey, this is what I say. Uh, they were to imitate their teacher's actions. Uh, you know, and so that's, do you feel the scene now? As you read the gospels, you see the followers of Jesus, the first disciples and others, you see them doing all of these things and you see them getting it wrong a lot of times. Why was that? Is they were imitating they were imitating Jesus. There's one time where Jesus is up on this mountain and he's with just a couple of disciples up there, three disciples, and the amazing thing happens, but they come down and some of Jesus' disciples are trying to cast out a demon of, of this boy. And it's very uh, violent and keeps throwing the boy into a fire. And, and Jesus comes down and, and this man says, hey, what's going on? And, and, and the guy says, well, your disciples, I asked them to cast out this demon from my boy and this was going on, but they couldn't do it. And, and, and so they were imitating. That's what you're supposed to do as, as, a, as a disciple. And in the other times that you see them do things, like even, even when the crowds are gathering around and, and people are trying to push in and the disciples are pushing away, they're, like, they're trying to figure out what would Jesus do? Like in this moment, like what would Jesus want us to do? And many times they got it wrong. Uh, and so don't feel so bad. You know, I've been, I've been following Jesus for, you know, over 30 years now. And, um, and I get it wrong all the time, all the time. So, you know, the way you, uh, thought about that person or, or, or what you said there or what you did, you know, that wasn't, that's not what I was doing or, or Cody, you know, your heart's off or your heart's wrong or, or, Hey, next time, maybe listen before speaking, you know, I mean, all the different things that he tells me, um, you know, that's what happens with disciples. Um, you know, John Wimber, who, um, you know, founded the vineyard movement of churches. Uh, he got saved. Uh, he, he was actually a part of um, uh, a band called the Righteous Brothers. Uh, so if you remember, and he was just a, he was a, he was just a guy that just uh, was living life. He was about to get divorced and things were going bad. And then all of a sudden Jesus met him in Las Vegas out in the desert of all places. And he came back to Southern California and, and, you know, and, and then he got involved in church and he walked into church and, and there was one day where he said to the, people of the church is a Quaker church, which Quaker churches were very much about like, you know, the, the pastor guy is not the guy. It's like, everybody can do the stuff. Like everybody can, you know, do everything that you can do. There's not special classes of people. That's why then your churches are very much like the term everybody gets to play. Like everybody can do the stuff, you know, that you see in the Bible. And so uh, John goes to this person at the church and he walks in and he goes, Hey, listen, when do I get to do this stuff? He's a new believer. And they're like, what stuff? He's like, well, the stuff that's in the Bible. And he's like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, like the stuff Jesus did. You know, he heals the sick and he raises the dead and he, he feeds the poor and he does this thing. He goes, he goes, well, we don't do that. He's like, well, I want to do that. He goes, I gave, I mean, I did the stuff that the devil did for all this time. I want to do the stuff Jesus did. Makes sense, right? And so that's the heart of a disciple is you want to imitate what Jesus did. And, and, and that's, you know, that's a hallmark of vineyard churches is that, is that we are heavy on the word of God. Like we love the word of God. We want to, to know the word of God and study the word of God and the word of God guides us. But we also want to do the word of God. 
We also want to do the things that we see Jesus doing. And so we can follow all sorts of people, um, but really where it's at is following Jesus. Like, why did the disciples follow him? One is that they didn't have any other offers, right? I mean, they, they, there was no other rabbis knocking on their door, but there was a day in, it's recorded in John chapter one. There was a day where John the Baptist was walking with, it appears that a couple of Jesus' disciples were John's disciples. They were following him. And when John was telling people to repent and, and to turn away from their ways and follow after the kingdom of God, well, John was walking one day with a couple of his disciples and he, he, he stops and he sees Jesus and he says, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and points at Jesus. And behold, is like, it's like, let go of everything else everything else that you're holding on to and grab hold of him because he's the one that takes away the sins of the world. And it's implied in the passage that they no longer followed John. They, all they could do is they wanted to follow Jesus. That's the journey of every Christian is that in many ways you attach yourself to a church or a leader or to a movement and, and it feeds you and it helps you. But, but any, any Christian church, the whole goal is to midwife you so that you're following Jesus. Because every person can follow Jesus. It's not just pastors or missionaries that's running like they're the ones following Jesus. That's actually what it is. So you say, so I got saved. What do I do now? Follow Jesus. Because he is the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Like follow him. And it doesn't mean that you have to fit yourself into a mold of others. The Bible actually says like, don't fit into a mold, be transformed. Like be who you were made to be. Be the person that you were made to be and follow him. And so, so, so then you ask yourself like, well, how would Jesus live my life? It's not about you living Jesus's life. But how would Jesus live my life? And then that's how I live it out. So we have a call to be students of Jesus. Uh, Dallas Willard, uh, uh, one of my favorite authors, he was a philosopher. He was at uh, University of Southern California philosophy department and, and um, just wonderful guy. He, he wouldn't call himself a theologian, but he was philosopher, theologian. And, and just he, he has a way of really breaking things down understandable. He said this, uh, he said, I am learning from Jesus to live my life as he would live my life if he were I. So I am not necessarily learning to do everything he did, but I'm learning how to do everything I do in the manner that he did all that he did. And so you look at all the pressures you have going on right now. You got to pay the bills. You got to get this right. You got to do this right. You got to mow the lawn, right? Because it, it grows crazy fast these days in spring. You got to do all these different things. And then there's this primary call as a follower of Jesus, which is how would Jesus live my life? I want to link up to him. I want to walk with him. And so verse 19, which we read earlier, is the key to this. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Now, you look at that, and 
you know, Jesus wasn't saying like a fun saying, like, ooh, I'm going to really zing him. Like, it was, in some ways, it's kind of like a dad joke, right? Like, you know, like, hey, you're a fisherman. Come on, I'll show you to be a fisher of men. I think it's much more than that. Like, I don't think it was this thing that he's just, and I don't think it just has to do with evangelism. Yes, he's inviting them into the greatest movement of all time, which is the redemption of all people that's been going on for 2000 years. Yes, he's inviting them into that and saying, hey, come help save men and, and, and catch men and do that. And you can learn about evangelism. But I think the key to following Jesus is found right here. Because the gap in between my faith and my everyday life lies in all the stuff that I have to do, right? It lies in all the demands that are upon me. It, dem- it means that I have to j- have a J-O-B and, and, and all those things. And, and that's why people look and say, well, pastors and missionaries and church staff and stuff, uh, you know, they're the ones that are really living out their faith because it's what they do for work and stuff. And it's like, no, it's just not true. It's for everyone. And, and the answer is here because what Jesus does is he meshes the sacred and the secular. He's, what he's telling them is he's telling them, look, if you want to really get clarity in your life, if you really want to have contentment in your life, if you really want to become who you're meant to be, then follow me and I'll join up your vocation and everything that you do and everything that you've been taught. And it'll join up with following me and being my student and you'll have wholeness in your life. That's the only way that we get it because the way that they thought, they thought that it was this thing of, you know, you were either really close to God. If you were one of these special people, you're one of the haves, but then there was the have nots and you just kind of wandered through life. And I guess God kind of lets you into heaven, but it's kind of meandering and you really kind of don't know anything. And Jesus is meshing these two and he's saying, look, let me join your life and all your experiences and your story and who you are. Let me join that with what God has for you. And you're going to see that it's this beautiful thing and then it's whole. And so Jesus later on in different places, he says this to his disciples. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And the disciples of that time, and then also today, we say, are you for real? Man, I mean, I, I, we got in an argument over making coffee this morning. We got in an argument of how fast I was driving today. Are you kidding me? I could barely get dressed today. I am the salt of the earth. I'm the light of the world. But that's it. And you won't be so shocked by that statement when you decide what you are. Because if you decide what you are, you decide, I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I'm a follower of Jesus. It won't be such a big deal about who you follow. It becomes clear to you. Because if you're the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world and that's your vocation, that's who you are, then you can only follow Jesus. And as you follow him, everything else gets clear in your life. And so you ask, you know, how would Jesus be a stay at home mom? You know, how would Jesus be a manager? You know, if you manage people, if you're a leader, uh, you know, how would you, how would Jesus lead? How would Jesus lead the people around me? Uh, You know, I mean, it's a big question, like, hold on, slow down. The people that you're leading 
whether it's the people in your home or at your workplace or your neighborhood, ask yourself, especially that one person, how would Jesus lead that one person? You know, my primary people that I lead is actually is, is my family. And there's been many times where the Lord has accosted me with his in a gracious, loving way of saying, hey, are you showing your, your son the grace that I show you? Or, hey, are you listening to your wife the way that I listen to you? You know, I mean, hey, are you, are you being patient with your neighbors the way that I'm patient with you, Cody? You know, and so he asked those questions, you know, how would Jesus be a school teacher? Um, you know, how would Jesus parent? How would Jesus be a spouse? How would Jesus do my taxes? How would Jesus handle my finances? Those are all questions that are there. But I, I want to I wanna close with this. Um, I want to tell you the greatest story of someone following Jesus that you will ever hear. I mean, you, you will never hear a greater story of someone saying yes to Jesus than, than this story. Someone living out their life for Jesus and, and it costing them and, and them saying yes to him over and over and them making mistakes, trying to imitate him and, and, and looking silly and, and being a fool at times and, and, and all of those things. It's the greatest story you will ever hear, but I don't have all the details you do. Because, because the greatest story that you will ever hear of someone following Jesus is your story. Because that's the main story that matters. It's your story. How, and so I say to you, what is it? And you say, well, Cody, it's riddled with all kinds of failures and all kinds of sins and all kinds of, you know, making mistakes and all kinds of getting it wrong and everything else. And I say, you're preaching to the choir, brother. That's me too. But one thing I know is that you keep following you keep following as a student of his. And so that's the thing for you to be able to know the greatest story is, are you a follower of his? Are you a student of his? Let him inform your total body of knowledge. Let him inform everything. You know, the person that's giving you trouble, Jesus made them. Right when you're having problems with something, you go to the manual and you and you you read the directions like I did with my fertilizer. What am I supposed to do with this? Well, every person that you come across, Jesus Christ made that person. And so you can pause and say, "You know, Jesus, this special one that you made. <laughs> this oh, they are so special, Lord. They are so special and I want to lay hands on them, God. You know? Just want to lay hands on this person. Just ask them, you know, uh, if it's finances, you know, you say, you say, God, I need help with money. I, or I'm always seeing, you know, I need help with that. Well, ask them, what are your laws of, of money, God? Or if it's, if it's marriage, you know, like, God, man, I, I love this person, but I just, we are not, we don't, we can't get it. Well, what are, what are the ways that he set up relationships and marriage? And, and now all of a sudden, as you ask that, well, what helps you follow Jesus is other people. That's what he's given you. Is he's given you other people. He's given you other people to show you, oh, well, this is what we've done. This is how we've followed. I remember when uh, Michelle and I, uh, we, we met and we, we, um, we talked about getting married like on our third date. 
And so if you're, if you're kind of in that stage of figuring out, I wouldn't recommend that. Like, that's not the, you know, Hey, here's the way, but it's just what God did with us. And we thought we were crazy. We're like, I I was a youth pastor. I had a 15 year old girl tell me, she's like, this is wrong. This is wrong. I mean, you have to wait a year before you talk about marriage. Like, you know, she thought that was the way I told her, I said, I'm pretty sure not. And, uh, you know, but we're, you know, so, but the same girl also told me to define the relationship. So it wasn't too bad. She said, well, what is your intentions with this woman? And so, you know, <laughs> define the relationship and, and look, 21 years later, you know, what an amazing life. But, but we, we had this kind of path that we were walking down and, and, um, and, you know, set this path and, and, and walk through it. Um, but we, we thought we were crazy. So we're absolutely crazy. And then, but then we asked other people like, Hey, you know, what do you do? And I remember talking to one of my mentors and I'm like, Hey, so I think that like, how do I do this? Because I'd always failed before, right? Every other relationship didn't work. Hence why I was at that point. And so I was kind of like, I've never been into these waters. And so I asked my, one of my good mentors and he, he's a guy from Buffalo, New York, Italian guy. And I said, so what do I do? He goes, you just do it. Like, what are you talking about? Just ask her and just do it. And it just works. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what do you mean? I like, at what point? And he's just like, stop it. Just go do it. And, and I did. And it worked, you know? <laughs> and, and so, so you get people that have walked along further than you. And that's the church, you guys. That's the church. Like, that's why, like, this week we have, like, Financial Peace University starting, which, you know, you can learn about, uh, you know, finances and, and, and doing money God's way and help. And that's why we have help with communication classes and all sorts of things. That's why you have groups and those things to enter in, to, to help in those ways. I love the local church. I absolutely love it. You know, I, was, I came from a divorced town. And when I met Jesus, I met these people that... Um, you know, like married couples, some with kids, some not, and, and older people, younger people. And they just took me in and a big thing, they fed me. I lived with my dad. And so, and, and dad was great, but he had, he had like four things. He worked real hard and he had four things that he made, you know, and, and, but I'd go to these places and I just, so for me, what brought me to Jesus deeper and helped me follow was the food, you know, it's just like, and they'd have potlucks and I'm like, this is amazing. Just like, you know, listen, I'm all in, I'm all in for Jesus. And so let's be that kind of people. You know, it's not complicated because you may say, Cody, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm all in to follow. Well, listen, invite people into your home and and share food with them, especially, you know, 15 year old kids, show them the way to Jesus, you know, invite other people, you know, here, you may, you, God may show you somebody here and say, you know, they need that. They need you to show them the way to follow Jesus. Thanks for listening this week. If you are looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, go to vkcwest.com.